What is up, a podcast? Well, God, yeah, dang, this is the first time we messed up on the intro. What is up, everybody? We're back with another podcast, and today we have a very special guest because this is the last guest of the year. Our guest here today has been providing content for more than a decade, from making his own music to working behind the, uh, behind the camera on music videos to even jumping to making TV shows and movies. Headbanger Visual CEO, Shorte. Peace, peace. What's up, everybody? Man, what's up? How you doing? Man, I'm all right. I'm all right. How's everybody else, man? Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So I'm going to just let the audience know a little something. So Shorte is the last guest that's going to be coming out this year. But we do have to record one more because of other scheduling issues um, on my half. So, yeah, he's technically the last guest. But, you know, so we're about to go out with a bang this year. Um this podcast goes out this week, and then we got one more podcast coming out the week afterwards, which is a non-guest. So, yeah, let's get right into it, Mr. Short Tay. All right. Man, how did you get into um, making music and music videos and even TV shows and movies, man? Like, what started the whole drive of Let's Create? Yeah, well, I've always been a creative person, man, back from doing, you know, martial arts uh, up into the uh, music side, man. I always tried my own style of things, and I was just, you know, curious to dive out and do something different. So back in 1992 is when I started actually rapping, right? When I was a kid, I didn't know it was a such thing as writing rhymes or writing lyrics. I used to just freestyle a whole song in my head. You know, get a beat on, just freestyle. I did that for a long time. And around 90, I would say around 98, 1998. He disclosed I, his age, everybody. Uh-huh. So, so, so around <laughs> 98, I figured out there was a process to format a song, writing verses, writing hooks, so on and so forth. So I started writing rap, rhymes in 98, 98, 99. I was doing my thing. 1999, I started making beats. Uh, and from then on, I've always been active in the music. And about maybe, well, 2011, exactly, I was in my home studio recording a song with my brother Whitebread. Shout out to uh, Whitebread, uh, Eric Smith. Uh, we was in a studio session. I had made a beat for him. He did a song. And he asked me a question. He said, hey, I want you to shoot me a video. So I was like, nah, I don't shoot music videos. Let the videographers do that. At that time, we had various uh, videographers in the DMV area between DC, Maryland, and Virginia. So I said, nah, let them do that. I don't do music videos. I'm a producer and an artist and a, you know, an engineer pretty much for that time. So I tried it. I had a little $200 Kodak camera to take pictures, but fortunately it had the video mode on it. So I just tried it, you know, and we shot a music video. And instantly at that moment, I already knew how to edit, to synchronize the uh, music with the lyrics. And from there, it was a wrap. I, you know, at that moment, I had to make a decision. Do I like making beats better, writing rhymes, you know, recording and mixing, or video? So I chose video recording and editing because it was taking up all my time and it was it was fun for me. So there you have it. Headbanger Visuals was born or established 2011 in Washington, D.C., uh, to be exact, Pennsylvania Avenue right by Mario's, uh, Pennsylvania and Minnesota, and from there on, I've been doing it, you know? So, and of course, to throw out there, I met um, Howie Doolittle 
in mm. a year later in 2012 and i started working with him i shot and co-directed the first music video that he um executive directed or produced and first uh music video i've ever been in you know yeah a- absolutely you and your brother was in a music video y'all stood out did a good part in there uh and from then i established a business relationship and partnership with how we do little and here we are to this day <laughs> you know still killing it so yeah it's been a journey yeah so my next question is in terms of like because you already said the uh mm-hmm. making videos is uh like time consuming and stuff so in terms of the music videos or producing like which one costs more so producing music versus video production mm-hmm. uh for me video production because it's more technical aspects to it because with video editing you have to consider time for editing time for shooting uh equipment usage um it's just a longer process overall for me i can't speak on other music producers but for me the process was more uh tedious and time consuming for video editing and shooting so yes uh you would definitely have to pay more for a um professional music video as opposed to a production of a beat or whatever you have all right and so um when you was talking earlier, you mentioned two different things. So you already mentioned the music, but then you mentioned you was also doing some mixed martial arts and all that, you know? So you kind of correlate with two other guests we had previously. One of them, you know, who is J-Rob, you know? Um, okay. And then shouts, the out, shouts out to J-Rob. <laughs> yeah, man. How, how do you compare, like, your, uh, like, studio compared to his and, like, the amount of, like, Where's the word? Like, the drive for it. Like, how far is it, like, compared to his? Like, when you were actually doing it before the music videos? Well, I would say at the time when I was actually doing it, uh, I would say from from 98 up until about uh, 2016, 17, um, I was, you know, pretty much driven i actually wanted to be independent start my own label and go you know just go big with it i was inspired by master p wu-tang uh luke all of those uh uh, jay prince all of those who were entrepreneurs and started their movement independently and and you know just went full thrive with it i I was inspired by those but i would say at that moment i was similar to what j-rob you know, like I was recording for various artists uh, in my home studio. I had people coming in. I was making money. That was another form of income for me. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it consistently. Uh, I was making albums. I had my album in 2009. I had my album, This Is Life Chapter 2, on iTunes and different platforms. Um, so I was actually doing it, man. I was an artist and I was, you know, a producer as well. So I would say it was similar, but j Rob, of course, he took it to the next level because he stayed consistently and focused on the main production side. So I would say he took it to the next level that I didn't take it to. But at the time when I was doing my home recording studio thing, I was serious. Just like I'm serious with the video production. I was serious with the music production as well. But, um, 
you know, shouts out to J Rob, man. He took it to the next level, man. He he's doing mm-hmm. big things, man. And um, if I would have stayed, you know, solely on music production, I definitely would have reached out to him and you know looked at him as a mentor for me because he um he's doing some great things, man. So salute to him. Absolutely. Could you believe he actually was about to be a basketball player? Nah, I never knew that. You know, I met J Rob uh shortly after I met Howie Doolittle, because you know, through Howie Doolittle, I met a lot of people. So I met him shortly after me and Howie Doolittle. Um, and you know, I already saw his his drive and his dedication, but no, I never knew he was an athlete. <laughs> yeah, man. We, me and Chris, we, we decided to put him under the NCBA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Niggas can't ball. Ha, 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 I hear that, man. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't really know his skills, man. Yeah. And so, yeah. Uh, one of the other guests uh, we had on, his name was Mason Kinsella. He was a kickboxer. Oh, okay. Uh, Muay Thai. He's making his professional MMA debut. Mm. Uh, I'm supposed to be sparring him whenever he gets to the States or whenever oh, I go over my to the or whatever. My man. Uh, <laughs> would you ever spar him if he came over? Would I spar him? Yeah, uh, he's 18. Uh, 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 no, no, no. And I tell you, I, I would say no. I, I would not spar anyone right now. I will tell you why. I start. I started doing. I, I started doing martial arts, man, when I was uh, about six years old, right? So, you was doing a lot. So look, so check this out. I want to just mm-hmm. get y'all a little more because when I talked about my creativity and music, it goes back further than 1992. I started doing. Martial arts, man, when I was about five years old, right? So I, you know, I watched Bruce Lee, Van Damme, a lot of these people, uh, Bruce Lai, and I would just, you know, do what they were doing. So I started doing martial arts, started taking Taekwondo. I did a little bit of Kung Fu uh, time, and then I got into Taekwondo. So in 94, like 94, 95, I was in June Reed's Taekwondo school, right off of St. Barnabas Road. Um, I don't even know if you was born then, tomorrow, but this was like a 94, 95, yeah, yeah. 94, 95. Oh, no. so, I wasn't even thought <laughs> So I was doing uh, Taekwondo back then. So I, I wasn't ever doing mixed martial, mixed martial arts. I just did Taekwondo mainly. Uh, once I found my style and, you know, I like to do kicks and high kicks and all those things. So I was into Taekwondo. I school and for about 20 years you know on and in and out of the school I was doing Taekwondo for about a good 20 years man so I haven't really been training recently or staying sharp every now and then I'll do some roundhouses some you know reverse kicks and things like that to make sure I can still move if I ever need to defend myself but however I'm not in a position to spar anyone who's training on a daily basis if you know what I mean (laughs) Yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, just because he's 18, uh, that doesn't mean anything with his, uh, you know. <laughs> for about a few years, probably like four or five. Nah, nah, I, I definitely wouldn't spar him. Now, if if I was attacked by someone, I think I could hold my own, but to get in the ring and spar with someone who's training every day, no, I, I would not want to uh, uh, feel that pain. So no. <laughs> I believe I was able to last the round with you. Uh, you say that again? I said so you don't believe I can last the no, round. No, I'm not saying you. I'm talking on behalf of me. Cuz I'm uh, you no, know, I'm supposed to be No, I, look, brother, I have faith in you. If you believe you can do it, I believe you can do it. 
<laughs> I will root for you in your corner. Um, and if you need me to throw in a towel, I'll gladly throw that in for you. But uh, I, I have more faith that you can go around with him than I can because I'm um, I'm nowhere near 18, and I <laughs> I'm gonna get in my corner because Krista uh, distracted me. <laughs> yeah. I think you can do it better than I can because uh, I, I hold a camera for a living. I don't fight for a living, so. Well, you can record. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can record it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. See, we we scheduling it, man. It's pay per view. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we gonna sell like five tickets. Hey, it's it's, it's, as long as it's gonna be great, that's all that matters. Exactly. Exactly. From the ground yes, sir. Down. Absolutely. Man, all right. So. Um, Short time. So Chris kind of do something similar to you. He, he don't rap, but you know he do a little. He do a little commentary and stuff like that, and recordings and whatnot. Um, I'm gonna send you a video of the stuff. The stuff okay. he be doing. I want you to tell me like what he can improve on to make his like comedy sketches okay. better, or you know have a little more edge. Got it. You know, as a videographer yourself, man, you you know what to do and what's not to. Indeed. Do, you know? Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Tomorrow just put me on the spot. I was not ready for this at all. I do comedy and I do all my videos on my iPhone 7. I edit them on my iPhone 7 and I upload them on my iPhone 7. I wish I had better quality. Hey, well, we all, we all, but, hey, look, man, however, it, I say it like this it ain't all about <laughs> what you got. And how and whatever quantity of what you have is all about how you use what you got. So if your content, if you serious about your content, you're consistent, you give it your best, don't matter what type of phone or what type of camera you're using, you just keep putting out content, give it your best, and just do your thing. That that's all that matters. Yeah, I, I wasn't trying to like put you on a spot person. I'm trying to help him help you, you know, like you know, you know, he videographer man. He done had you the, did. He told him recording off the Kodak camera. You see where he at now, man. Look at look at the footage, man. You 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 should already know. He could tell you what's the right things to buy so you ain't wasting your money. You know. No man, keep pushing that content, man. And, and as you film. keep going and you keep learning and you research certain things, it'll get better, man. Just stick with it. Absolutely. All right. So for somebody like Chris recording yeah. off the, the seven, what type of camera like professionally would be like the f best like starter camera that's also affordable? I would say uh, if you look at uh, Canon, um, the brand Canon has uh, some good consumer cameras that you can you know start into that won't break the bank. Uh, I know it's one called the, I think it's called the Canon 90D, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's the 90D, is in David, 90D. They have 4K quality, um, and I think it's around maybe $1,000. Now, I'm not trying to throw that out there like that's not expensive, but for a lot of cameras that shoot 4K uh, consumer. The EOS yes, 90D. EOS, yes, 90D yes, the 90D, yes. I think that would be a great camera. That's a thousand one hundred ninety. Hey, look, but I'm just saying, just that's one of them. But you can still get like maybe some cameras that shoot at 1080p. That's less than that. But if you want to jump into like 4K quality and um, just great color science, 90D. You can even jump into the 60D. 
uh, the ADD or T2I. You might can get a T2I for about $200 right now or maybe $300 and it shoots 720 or 1080p, one of those. So um, good color quality coming straight out the camera. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, just, I would say just research online some different uh, cameras within a price range that's comfortable for you. And um, just go from there, man, because there's a lot of options out there. But just to think, because I started out with Canon and Sony. So I know Canon, very great uh, consumer cameras. You know, when you're just starting out, they have a lot of uh, options to choose from. Yeah, because I'm looking on their site now. They got a refurbished EOS M200 EF M15-45 millimeter F-13. Uh, colon slash 3.5-6.3 IS STM kit black. I don't know what none of that stuff <laughs> on that camera. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. It lo look, look, it lost me for a little that bit. I'm like, I never heard of those before, but yeah, man, you know. <laughs> it's only $378. Mm -hmm. They got it on clearance mm -hmm. sale. Oh, never mind, it's out of stock. Never mind. Never mind. It was like it's like look at the price, look at the price. It's real low, and then you look a little lower, it's out of stock. Yeah, but you know, and then again, every now and then, especially this time of year, things will be out of stock, and then later on they'll you know stock back up. So just you know, and then you might find it somewhere else. If you look at another site, you know, you might find them. So just research a man, see what's in your price budget, and go from there, man. All right, so I kind of use Chris as like a layup for like all the other people that might not know, you know, because I I know a lot of people that would sit and record and like wouldn't record off the best software, i.e. me mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, record off. My my camera not bad, but it's not good, you know. It, it's an iPhone camera, but it's like the camera, it, it don't really do much. It, it only zoom in certain right. amounts. What, yeah. what uh what iPhone you have, Timon? What 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 version? Uh, sorry, Chris, but I got the Hey look, bro. so check so check so check this out, right? Yeah. I don't I'm not you an iPhone to, user, like, you know, nothing to say about iPhone. I have a Samsung, right? But the new iPhone, I think twelve plus pro or something. Hey, that yeah. camera on that phone is vicious. Like I seen footages and things where it looks like a high end camera. So I don't know if the eleven is that good, but it is. Yeah. It's ba it's basically the same. I think it's like one little spec on the twelve. Like you know how the GH five and the GH um I don't remember the other name. The two cameras you got, the uh, GH five and the other Yeah, I got I got a GH five and a GH five S within with those two. Yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah, you know how close those two are in terms of specs yeah. and cameras? So that's basically what the same... Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and well, look, you can do some good stuff with that camera then because um, I understand what you said about, like, the zoom and all that, but overall, man, the image quality, you put it in uh, whatever software you're using, and if you don't try to do too much to the footage as far as oversaturating it with colors and things like that, you can do some great stuff with that camera, man. Yeah, indeed. Cause that's kind of what I record off of. But I'm waiting to like read everything on my okay. YouTube channel. To be honest, 
Like I, I'm still uploading gaming content, but for in terms of vlogs, I'm waiting until um, I get these two intros and uh-huh. outros done, um, and so I can edit them in and like work on them better. Cause I don't want to just have like a normal like YouTube channel, like no intro, no nothing. It's just like right, right to the video, and I want to be able to edit it better and stuff. So I'm waiting for that. Um, yeah, man. Um, What's the best thing or like most interesting thing that you've done while recording? Most interesting thing I've done while recording? Uh, let me think real quick. Most interesting. Well, I would say going to California, man. Uh, recently, I went out to L.A. and shot a music video. And um, for those that may listen to this recording or this session, because uh, I know you guys may not know. Back in the '90s, there was a group called Diggable Planets, and they and they had a song called "I'm Cool Like That," right? And it was a it was a it was mainstream industry mainstream. Mm-hmm. So one of the artists from that uh, group named C Knowledge, he was in a music video I shot in L.A. So I had a chance to shoot with the uh, with the uh, legend, a hip hop legend, or you know, with the name I, I shall say. Uh, he's originally from Philly, so we went over to L.A., and he's located on the West Coast now. Shot a music video there, and one thing that was interesting about this video shoot, I would like to say, is um, we went on the rooftop. So if you look at the video, when the video comes on, um, and the name of the video, by the way, is Lord Lyle. So Lord Lyle, yes, is dedicated to um, a guy named Lord Lyle who you know passed away some years back. But anyway, we were on a rooftop scene in downtown L.A. So I had to fly my drone to get aerial shots, right? So during that time, I'm flying my drone, and it just go. The signal is lost. The signal just blacks out. So at this moment, I'm on the rooftop in downtown L.A. My drone is a 1,000 feet in the air, and I can't see it. And I don't know where it is. And I'm just hoping and praying, oh, my drone needs to come back. It needs to come back. So then my drone comes back. So I get the drone back. The footage is good. And then about three or four helicopters start circling around the area that we were flying the drone in. So I'm looking like, wow. Now they're looking to see what was flying in their airspace. Mm-hmm. So luckily I got my drone back. And then it was just interesting that for the rest of the shoot on the rooftop, we had helicopters flying around pretty much looking at what was going on. So it, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Yeah, man, I you know, I spent I spent some good money on my drone. And if that thing would, would not have come back, I would have been like, "Oh my god, now I got to buy another one." So yeah, it was uh, that was interesting, fun, but but very scary mm-hmm. and interesting at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. my drone. Yeah, man, would have been uh, y'all yeah, y'all owe me some money. <laughs> y'all want to record in those stupid areas. My drone ain't coming back. I want it, man. Where's yeah, my man. Money? When y'all get a chance, go on YouTube. Go on my YouTube channel. Uh, look for the Lil IL video. Uh, you will see the drone shots that I captured in downtown LA. It was it was uh, great, man. Everything came out good. I got to shoot in front of the Hollywood sign. Got a drone shot of that as well. So it was, it was great, man. Those that don't know, what's the name uh, head of the banger channel? visuals? So that'll be H E A D. Separate word B A N G A. Visuals, headbanger visuals. All right. 
I'm gonna make sure put gotcha. that in the, uh, in the my yeah, man the good stuff description. Everybody can go check that out. Um, mm-hmm. So I said this earlier. So you've been doing music videos and production and stuff for over a decade. Was there any other job you wanted before? Any other job I wanted before doing this? Uh, so, so as a kid, I used to also somersault, right? So along with my martial arts and stuff, I did somersault. So I always wanted to uh, go to the Olympics and do somersault and then compete and things like that. So yes, I wanted to do that as well. And I love playing basketball. Basketball was my favorite sport other than competing in martial arts. Uh, bas- go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. What you were saying? Good. I'm sorry. In basketball, uh, yes, I was. And let me tell you a quick story real quick, right? So one of the guys, I'm not going to call his name because <laughs> I don't want to put nobody on the spot, and he doesn't know I'm doing this right now. So I would say back in – Just call him Mike. <laughs> nah, I ain't going to say Mike. <laughs> but anyway, just, just hit me out, right? So Mm-mm. 2000, I would say yeah, I would say 2000. 2001-ish around that time. I was doing music with my brother White Bread, right? So we used to stay right up the street from each other in Southeast, right? And this guy mm-hmm. stayed maybe one block up from me. So, all right. So over there by where Harold Wayne lives at, we, we all used to stay in that area, right? So yeah. he's telling this guy how I can shoot, how I had a jumper, right? So, and this other guy, he's like, nah, he ain't no good. You know, I'll beat him, blah, blah, blah. So, he had a studio in his house. So, one day, myself and White Bread, we went to the guy's studio. We're talking, and White Bread brings up the basketball thing. And he had a court right in his driveway. So, I'm like, all right, cool, let's play. So, we play, like, five one-on-one games. So, make this long story short, I won four of those games, and he only won one. He won nah, I think he won like the middle one or something like that. Because I wanted to kind of ease up on him a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, I love basketball, man. I was okay. I'm not going to say I was great or none of that because I always had knee injuries too. So, like, my left knee for some reason, every other season when I played in school, um, every other season my knee would be bad, man. And I, after high school, after I graduated high school, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm not focusing on basketball anymore. I'm gonna leave it alone and just focus on music, man. So you gonna make that one jump shot? Like, My <laughs> but I will say this: if there's a time we'll be out on the court, you know what I mean. Like I know season two coming up soon with uh, Rise of Golden Goon. So you know if we ever near court and y'all want to say, "Hey, man, you know we taking a break. Let's see what short taking do." I'll, I'm I'm free to give out some lessons. Man, I'm, ta- I'm tagging in J Rob. Let's see who really the ball. <laughs> I'm exactly. coming down there with my camera. We're putting it right on the video, videos. man. NCBA covering J Rob versus Shorty. You know, both people came on the podcast, said they the ball. And, and, I, and I will say ball, this: uh, I, I would most of the time I was um, I would come off the bench. I was on second screen most of the time. Every now and then I would start. I was more. I'd like to come off the bench. I, I didn't really care too much for starting every game. So let's just say this, right? When the team, the team that we were playing against may be playing a a zone, right? So I'll come off the bench like 
you know, come straight in the game. So I was number 13. So when 13 got in the game, you know what the, you know what the coach from the other team would say that we were playing? They, they would say, oh. go man to man, 13 on the floor. Do not let him shoot. <laughs> so when I got on the floor, they not yep. playing zone no more because they didn't want me shooting. Because they already, they already knew. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So That's what it is. Yeah, we gonna find out. <laughs> hey, look, I'm a little rusty, but uh, you know, once you got something, you never lose it. Uh, I, I, so hear me out, though. I, I never lose when I got. <laughs> I only can get rusty. So if I tune up a little bit, it's still there. So if I if I throw up three shots and I you know and I brick them, that fourth shot I'm on. So it's all good. Let's get it. All right, we 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 scheduled a, a basketball game. You know, had it. Um, cover short paper, J Rob, possibly in the upcoming. Let's get it, man. Yeah, man, probably doing the break. Indeed. Who knows? You know, yeah, he low key just said he gonna dust you tomorrow. I, I don't, I don't know play basketball, I can barely shoot a layup. Uh, <laughs> no, that's why he gonna dust you. I'm just letting you know that. that's weird. I can shoot a um, I can shoot a pointer better than I can shoot a layup, which don't make sense. I just don't understand the <laughs> fundamentals of it. Like your center of gravity and the radius of the circumference of how you jump off the ground with the gravity, longitude, latitude. Hey, let's get it. Sounds good, brother. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just throwing big words out there to make it sound smart. Yeah, yeah that's, that's basically how people say something. Like, you know, car right here, it has a 305 horsepower, 998 mill- millimeter. Um, the block of the circumference of the tires is really good, you know, really good tires. Um, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you go over to your boss, you're like, bro, I just sold him this car for like three thousand. <laughs> it was worth time. I, I don't know how he bought it. Hmm. I don't even know what I was saying. He um, yeah, just hmm. just cut it short. Yeah, he 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 bad. Chris was good either. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't dress myself up. Is that? I, I'm not. <laughs> this not is why I, stand I hear that. This is why I'm with the comedy. This is why I make jokes. Nice. I, don't, <laughs> I know my strengths and weaknesses. The only sport I could do really good in that I know for sure I could do good in is um, like mm. if I was to play running back or defensive, any defensive no doubt, position on football. If I got to play wide receiver. Yeah. He was like, Lawson, turn around. I'm like, I'm going to catch it. I'm like, it slipped out my hands. You know, uh, one of y'all, Wendy Gorillas, was real moist today. I was sitting there, I grabbed it, it just slipped out. It you said, like, you said one of them was real moist today. I mean, how many people touch the ball today? That's the first time I'm grabbing it. Why is it so sweaty? That's gross. That's why I don't play football either. Only, only sport I touch. No, I, I did play. Um, I didn't play like professional or amateur soccer. But I, I, whenever my friends are playing soccer, like I'll join in a little bit. But I do not know how to play soccer. Like I know how to stop the ball and how to kick it, and I kick it into the goal. I do not know how to aim. So if a ball hits you in the face, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. my fault. You just because <laughs> I, I know to kick the ball in the, the hole, but like 
the accuracy, the amount of force I put in, it flies over that person and the goal. Um, sometimes <laughs> it's the person, you know, it's just, just you would never be picked up at my family <laughs> soccer game. You bad. We, we just we have a streak, and you would bring our reputation down <clears> several <throat> notches. I would not be able to come back on the soccer field. My friends will no longer talk to me. Hashtag they're Hispanic. Um, shout out to my, you know, Latinx people. They, they're Hispanic. They, they would not talk to me anymore. You would mess up my reputation in the community. <laughs> They'd be like, you know, um, but yeah, no, no, Chris, no, 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 just no. like that. No, Chris, no, Chris, no, Chris. And I got real good because I played with a whole bunch of my cousins and and the, the Hispanics. They they, no they they trained me well. I have Hispanic in me, so I can say that they trained me yeah, well. Man, man. yes, sir. Have you ever been in danger? Ever been recording? in danger while recording? Yes, I have. Yes, this was uh, twenty. Maybe 2013 or 2012. Probably 20. I would say maybe, yeah, early, early 2012 or late 2011. It was before my son was born. So, yeah, I had. Yes. All right. So, again, I won't put any names out there. <laughs> um, all right. So, I just call them Bob. This, it was one night we were going to shoot a video and we had locations set. Uh, so, I'm on my way to the first scene, and the artist that was that I was shooting for was on the passenger side. So, I'm driving and we go past a certain. All right, artist Bob. So, we go past a street, that, you know, on the way to the destination. So, or to, to the first, to the uh, location we were shooting at. And he said, oh, oh, go here on this street. Uh, I, I, this is my old neighborhood. I used to stay over here. I want to shoot a scene over here. So I was like, nah, man, we didn't plan it. Nobody knows we're coming. We This should have been a part of the plan. And he was like, nah, just real quick. Now you stay right here, blah, blah, blah. So we go over there. Me not knowing, you know, I don't know none of these cats over there. So we get out the car. I got my camera shooting B-roll. He's talking to this guy. And then the guy, uh, you know, they, they seem like they a little heated debate going on. So I'm recording, and then I stop because I'm like, something just don't seem right. So then I'm waiting. You know, so I'm just waiting or whatever. And then next thing I know, some guy walks up and hit the dude in the face that I'm with, right? He steals him. Bow! So instantly, it's just, you know, just the artist and I out there. So I go run to my car and I throw my camera in the car and I think I closed the door. But at the moment, I wasn't thinking because it was ready to go down, right? So I, I thought I closed the door. I ran ran back and I look and him and this dude, they're scrapping one-on-one. That was my main concern. As long as they're fighting one-on-one. So it's like 50 people out there and just the artist and I. So the guy that he was initially talking to was standing there, just, you know, talking, yelling stuff. So I'm yelling stuff to my boy, like, hey, man, you know, do blah, blah, blah. So then they break up. And then me and my man, we walk into the car. So, man, look, we got to get out of here. And I saw this guy. He's running. And he looked back at me. And he's running somewhere. So I'm like, okay, either he going to get his jump, coming back to shoot me and my boy, or something else going on. So we go back to the car, they break up, 
Then my boy about to go back at the dude again. I said, nah, man, let's go. Let's get out of here. It's just me and you. We got to go. So he, I opened the car door, and I pushed him in the car, and I noticed my camera wasn't there. So then I said, I ain't got time for this. I jump in. We go up about four or five blocks. I stopped the car, and I said, hey, I said, young, my camera gone. I said, I think when I was coming back to help you and make sure nobody wasn't jumping you, Somebody got my camera. And I thought about it. I said, this youngin that was running away, looking back at me, he probably grabbed my camera and he was making sure I wasn't running behind. But at the time, I wasn't thinking about my camera because I was concerned that somebody was going to jump my boy and I was going to have to fight or somebody was going to hurt him. So either one or two things happened. By me being there watching, maybe the dude that was standing there that he was talking to initially didn't want to, you know, jump into it because I was there and he probably was like, you know what? I'm going to let them handle it. Or, you know, it could have been another way around. But then again, I think about it. My boy told me, yeah, the dude I was talking to had his gun on him. He had it like in a holster or something. So he was talking to him, had his jump on, but I didn't know because I'm recording video. So the whole time we're out there, we're in it. I'm in a dangerous situation because this guy sporadically wants to go to neighborhood and something happened some years ago that I didn't know about at the time and when he went back around there people was you know curious like why you around here we don't want you over here because this happened so many years ago so I was brought into that situation and I could have possibly got hurt if somebody would have started shooting or if somebody would have jumped him and I would have jumped in it then more people would have jumped in it now it's just me and him versus these 50 people so so, man, I like so hey, look, that was a dangerous situation for me uh, at this moment. And that's why I think the way I do now. When people say, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, I'll say, okay, does anybody know we're coming? Are you good to go there? You know, because I don't want to be in any situations where my life can be in danger, you know what I mean? Or either of us. So, yeah, man, that was one time where it was a very dangerous situation. That's the one that I can think of. I've shot and man, I shot over probably 400 music videos, so that's one that I can think of. <laughs> it might be more, but that's the one that stands out to me. So, yeah. Yeah, I had worked with him again after that. Um, shortly after, uh, I think we might have, you know what? I can't remember. I, I think after that we, yeah, yeah, I did. I did do some, um, I think I did like one more for him or something, and then after that, we kind of parted ways a little bit, like uh, he was doing his thing, I was doing my thing, so I think I did like one more with him or something, but yeah, that was a crazy situation, but uh, you know, it's life, man. But I got my, I ended up getting my camera back, actually, uh, it was, I had a Canon 60D at the time, so that camera was about $1,200, I spent $1,200 on it, uh, so at the time, oh. Uh, my mother helped me. You know, I told her what happened, and she went and bought me another Canon 60D the next day. So I was able to get my camera back. You know, but yeah, man, absolutely, she and definitely helped me, man. Because if she, if she wouldn't have uh, did that, I would have had to save up money and wait mm -hmm. and wait. So you know, shouts out to her, man. She she looked out for me, man. But um, yeah, man. So that was a crazy situation. It was scary too. But me being me. I ain't gonna let you just be out there by yourself. I'm gonna stand right there with you. If somebody jump in it, then I'm jumping in it. We all scrapping. 
You know what I'm saying? So more important than my camera at the point was my boy's life. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I threw the camera in the car and I ran over to him. And even though my camera got stolen at the moment, I didn't care. I wanted to make sure he was good. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, in the moment. All right, so if you to properly get training, right? Like, to fight. Would you fight Floyd Mayweather? Mm-hmm. As you can see with the YouTube stuff, man, Logan Paul literally is about to fight. I, I saw boxer. something about that. Yeah. Uh, well, it all depends on the paycheck, man. I would say, uh, if I can get some, if I get some tr- well, boxing training, you know, I've never been a boxer, but uh, if I get some, you know, proper boxing mm-hmm. training, yeah, I'll fight Floyd Mayweather because I feel like I would have to lose a lot of weight, or either he would have to come up because I'm, I'm, I would be a heavyweight, you know, but. If I needed to come down to his weight to fight him for a big paycheck, yes. I mean, he's not Floyd May. Yeah, hell yeah, I do it because think about it. You do. Let's it? say if they say a million dollars, if I get a million dollars from this fight, or five hundred thousand just to fight Floyd Mayweather, right? For one, it'll be it'll be some good exercise, right? Then it'll be that's just you fight Floyd Mayweather, you know what I mean? And then it's all about this too. It ain't like I'm fighting Mike Tyson. It's not like I'm fighting somebody who's going, you know, kill me. You know, like, I, nah, nah, but I'm saying Mayweather, you know, like, I believe that if I fought Mayweather and I protected myself appropriately and if I go a few rounds with him, I don't feel like my I would be in danger. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, yeah, he'll probably put in some work on me and I'll be feeling it afterwards, but... You know, if I fought Mike Tyson or a young, a young George Foreman or George Foreman, like, that'll be a whole different story. But, yeah, I'll, I'll get in the ring with uh, Floyd Mayweather, man, and for a big paycheck, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do it. Because if you think about it, it's entertainment. It ain't like I'm I'm in a street fight with a dude where anything goes. Now nah, we got a referee, so. Nah, if uh, I don't know. Goes, I, feel like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What? Man, Floyd only got well, his I was saying, only got his boxing, man. Let somebody go kick his leg. Like it's an, um that's why he'll never want to see, go over but, to UFC or uh, MMA. Let somebody kick his leg, go for a takedown, um, kick him at all. You know, when it's just purely but, striking and he well, I, would, I would say that head, I would say this though. You, you do have a point, but I would say this though, done. right? So let's just say I'm a vicious street fighter, right? If I'm a vicious street fighter, Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. he's a master techni- technical boxer, right? So if me and Floyd Mayweather were to meet on the street yeah. and we he spilled his drink on my Timberlands and my Timberlands messed up, blah, 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 we get into it, he calls me out. So we get into a street fight. Then I have a, I, I believe I have the upper hand on him because yeah. we don't have a referee. Um, I can do, I, I can do anything, right? You got that. Now on the other hand, if I got in a boxing mm-hmm. ring, Floyd Mayweather would demolish me. And now, don't I, I don't take it for granted that one punch can end a bout or end a fight. No matter how good or how terrible of a fighter you are. Mm-hmm. If you are not, tomorrow, we get out here in the street and you just say, man, what's up, right? And then and we get into it and I'm, and I'm and I'm crushing you. But you just happen to catch me with an uppercut and, just, and it's lights out for me. So anything can happen at any moment. So if you ask me, can I beat Floyd Mayweather? Can I beat this person? I'll say yes, right? Because it might take me a thousand times, but I might get that one uppercut in, or I might get that one 
overhand right that might just lights out. You never know. But on a technical aspect, yes, Floyd Mayweather would demolish me. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I would fight him, I mean, because that would be a good workout for me. It would be a great health benefit. And I don't believe that he would put me in a coma. Now, if you ask me 20 years ago, would you fight George Foreman? Hell no, I'm not fighting George Foreman. No, no, I'm not. Exactly. No. Would you fight right now, Mike Tyson? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta think about it. Like, uh huh. He's fifty-four, he, he, but he, guess he what? Though you see some time. of them, uh, you see the way he move, and he still got his power. Oh no, nah, I'm good. I know, but this is the thing. The thing about boxing is ultimately you want to win, and it, it, it. Listen, listen. You you're gonna get hit. So that to me, that's out the window. You're gonna get hit unless you just let off first and you just catch the person and it just lights out. So my thing is, is the ultimate goal is to win. All right. Sometimes you gotta take a hit to get the way you're gonna get. You know, you fight Lennox Lewis. He got that reach. Realistically, he's gonna hit you. All right. You know, because you gotta get past that jab and he got the reach. So I gotta get hit a couple times to get where I need to get. You know, most of the time. But what I will say is this. George Foreman, Mike Tyson, uh, Vander Holyfield, Holyfield, those guys, like, as of now, I'd be like, maybe a Vander Holyfield, I might go with him. But Tyson, nah, because Tyson's just crazy. His hit. I think so. He might be a little older than Mike Tyson. Yeah, he's up in, I think he's up in his mid, late 50s. Um, But ultimately, man, I, I wouldn't fight nobody, but a big check to fight for it, Mayweather, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. He's 58. Yeah, okay. Yeah, man. So, yeah. realistically, no. But if you say, and man, here's a big paycheck, then I might be like, all right, I'll consider it. But <laughs> it's, it's one of them situations where it's like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, the money good. If you pay me a million dollars, I might even fight Mike Tyson. But I might go out early with Mike Tyson. I might do a, a yeah, I might do a second round knockout. I might just let him hit me and I might just be out. And get my million to split. Let him hit you in the body. Like, hey, uh, 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 well, Mayweather. But look, <laughs> but don't take me wrong, Timon. Yeah, Timon, don't don't take me wrong. I I have a. I'm not scared of anyone. I don't back down. I'm smart. But what I will say is, if Mike Tyson and I was out on the street and he and he approached me and he pissed me off and I just lost my cool, then we would probably be fighting. I'll probably get knocked out, but we'll probably be fighting. But in a clear mind, in a agreement to just, hey, get in the ring and fight with this guy, I'll probably say, I might say no, depending on the money. But on the street, you piss me off and you do something, then me being me, what's up? You know what I'm saying? But realistically, I wouldn't want to do that. But inside the ring and outside the ring are two different things. So I just want to say on a competition sport, Sport-wise, no. But on the street, if you if you disrespect me, then I'll do whatever I gotta do if I need to. You know what I mean? Whether it's defending myself or if you you know you disrespect my kid or you come with that crazy army oh, eat your kids and all that like you be doing to most of these people back in the day, then it'll be a whole different story. Because at that point, I'm defending something. You know what I'm saying? But just a friendly bout in the ring, oh, I'm okay. I can pass. Oh. <laughs> No, you, you that that's all you man. You come up to me, 
He do well, something, and I get upset, and I hear that. Well, you, you, well, you, you got to understand, man. One, one thing about that. Yes, I can walk away. I can play it smart, but I'm talking in the worst case scenario. If my life is threatened, or if you back me against the wall, I'm in the corner. I don't care who you are. It's game on because my thing is I'd rather take a chance and let off first, and I might get off, and 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 you'll probably be the victim in the case. Whether I just let you do what you want to do to me, nah, that ain't happening. And that go and that goes for anybody. You know, you're in a situation where whether you're being bullied or this guy got a reputation, or well, if you got a chair next to you or you got a a bottle, and this person just won't let up and they want to, mm-hmm. man, do what you gotta mm-hmm. do, man. Straight up, do what you gotta do. That that's how that's how I am. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's me. <laughs> I'm that guy. Like, oh, it's a it's a uh, a Hennessy bottle right here. We're in the club. Mike Tyson doing all this crazy, and he just won't let up. And I'm like, all right, man, I'm good. I'm trying to walk away. He won't let me walk away. I'm in the corner. Well, I got a Hennessy bottle I can use, or I can do something that I normally would do in these type of situations. You know what I mean? Whether it's a chop, a ridge hand, or something that'll probably, you know, it, whatever. But uh, that Hennessy Coconut. bottle probably will hurt. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's no such thing yeah, as a fair fight. So that's why I want everybody to understand. So, you know, it's no such thing as oh, you kicked me in the nuts. You're not supposed to do that. No, if you invade my personal space and we're on the street, right, and we get into a fight, I can do whatever I need to do to win that fight. Well, I tell I you what, you better wear a cuff because uh, if you if you fighting some, but but check me out. I know, that but don't come on. Help, though. Mike Tyson approaches you. He he confuses you with somebody else. He comes up to you and say, "Yeah, it's on. Yeah, go ahead and put your put your hands up. We fighting." So check this out. I will I'm kick Mike Tyson in his nuts because I I know for sure that will hurt him. I, any man will be hurt by getting kicked in the nuts. So if I get if I'm able to get off first and I kick him in his nuts, he's done. He is done. It's it's over. So all that. Oh, I don't. You can agree. You can disagree. But it's no such thing as a fair fight. If I hit you, if I get off on you, I'm not gonna let you get up. I'm gonna keep pounding you. And then once the fight is over, if anybody come to me and say, "Man, nah, man, that was unfair. Uh, you ain't let him get up. Let him get up. No, we're fighting. It ain't over." Exactly, like they be throwing me off when like girls be fighting and they be trying to break up the fight. So I be like, bro, <laughs> she about to whoop me. You saw what I just did to her. I done dragged her to the ground. She bigger than me. I caught her off guard. I <laughs> snuck her. You saw what I had to do to get her down, and she was still <laughs> hitting me. That you be fighting women? No, nah, no. Nah, I'm saying as if I was a girl. I'm saying. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. You know, baby. <laughs> I done did all of this. I snuck her. She wouldn't go down. I had to pull her down to the ground, sweep her leg, all that. No such thing as a fair fight, man. Whatever you got to do to make sure you're good, do it. Because you know when dudes fight, they don't be talking about that break it up. (laughs) Like, people that try to get into it, and they get hit. Man, you know what, though? Since we're talking about fighting, I haven't fought in years, man. And you know why I haven't fought in years? Nope, nope, nope. Is there ain't nobody nope. trying? To I haven't fought in years, and the reason why I haven't gotten to any really, really fights like that is because one, I know how to walk away when I need to. Two, sometimes when the situation is being, you know, is getting there, sometimes I know how to kind of just say, "All right, cool." 
So one thing today, if anybody say something to you, right, or anybody call you out of your name or disrespect you, people feel like you got to put hands on people. That's not the right. That's not the right way to do it. So on a serious note, mm-hmm. on a serious note, you can say whatever you want to say to me. Mm-hmm. You can say the lowest, degrading things. You know, if I tell you a secret, you can expose my secret. But that doesn't give me the right to put my hands on you or fight you. So I look at it like this. Regardless of how bad the words may be or somebody bump against you, if you have a chance to create space and walk away, do that. You know what I mean? Because we all know what a lot of fights turn into. You know what I mean? So there's no need to fight, man. I mean, like, if you have to, if you got to defend yourself or something really, really going on, yes, by all means, do what you got to do. But for me, what Mm -hmm. I learned, especially being in martial arts, right, I learned that you never, ever want to use your martial arts for somebody unless you have to. That you it's all, it's you it's all about discipline, right? Stop That's the main thing that. about martial arts, uh, uh, mixed martial arts, boxing, discipline. That's the main thing. It's not something that you showcase. You know what I mean? It's, it's all about discipline, but at the same time, if you can walk away from a situation in peace, walk away, man. There's no need to do something that don't need to be done because, you know, people carry knives on them. People carry guns on them. You could be the baddest man walking the face of the earth. But if you, at that one time that you don't know how to walk away or you just want to engage, you don't necessarily have to, that'll be that time that person that you end up on the ground with has a blade or they might have a gun and that may end your life. So we always got to think, you know, it's all good to be boxing, sparring, whatever, wrestling, on that level, but when it comes to real life, when it comes to day-to-day living and uh, you out here in the public, if you need to walk away, walk away, man. All right, so, um, God dang, I forgot my question just that first. Poor thing. <laughs> Chris, you got any questions? Because I'm trying to remember mine. Hey, man, I've just been listening to the stories and reminiscing and, and trying to draw correlations sounds like you've been on this earth for a good little while <laughs> calling you old you might be though and you got some experience so hey i commend you for all that shoot hey, no no doubt no doubt right price too i do it for the right price too <laughs> run it circles and, and tired i hear that out. man i hear that man but yeah man uh, i mean just to be i mean i'll tell y'all man i'm only 36 man like i'm i'm still young you know, I was born in 84, but I've been through uh, a good era, you know, like the coming up in the uh, mid-80s and the 90s. Man, I've seen a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was in D.C. because uh, I'm originally from North Carolina. So I came up to D.C. at a young age, man. I would come up here every summer, stay with my grandmother. Um, may she rest in peace. Um, and I would see things, man, that was just like, crazy or worse than what's going on now. I would see things. I remember coming outside, seeing people laying on the stretcher, you know, from being shot. I remember being followed, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of stuff, man, things have changed. But I remember in the, in the Rayful Emmett era, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I seen a lot of stuff. I, I've heard a lot of things, but ultimately, man, like I'm still here today at the young age of 36 and I'm able to, just maintain and I'm still here. A lot of people that I grew up with ain't here, but I'm still here. So just being able to see different walks of life from North Carolina to DC to PG County, going to school and up here in the DMV, going to school in North Carolina, I'm, I'm able to 
see different walks and aspects of life and ultimately come to the conclusion that everywhere on, I would say the East Coast, everywhere in the East Coast is the same. There's only one difference. Y'all know what that difference is? Say that again. No. That? Uh, Location. I said, what is it? D.C., Maryland, Virginia, New York, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, uh, Mississippi, uh, you know, Tennessee. All these places have the same type of people. It's just a different location. So my thing is, wherever you go, you always want to respect people. You know what I mean? Through your demeanor, you demand respect. But at the end of the day, we want to live to see the, the next day. You know what I'm saying? So anywhere you go, somebody can kill you. Somebody can rob from you. Somebody can steal from you. All these things exist everywhere on the earth. Uh, where we are here in the D.C. area is nothing new that goes on here that doesn't go on anywhere else. It may just be on different levels. Baltimore, the same thing. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we just want to stay alive, man. You know what I mean? And keep creating, keep being creative, keep doing mm -hmm. what we do. And at least change somebody's life if we can in a good way. You know what I mean? So that's the that's the ultimate goal, man. All right. Yes, so sir. this is the last question, because I know you got beef somewhere. Uh, well, last two questions. So uh, back to the basketball. So if you was to go to heaven, you playing basketball against Jesus, and he's cheating throughout the entire My game. God, right? And so... He's cheating, and you have the option to either call him out, and if he get mad, he send you to hell, or oh, don't call him out and just lose the basketball game. Which one you doing? Nigga, lose. What, I, what, I what, rather what, I rather what, lose what, that. What, I, I, what, I rather lose that game than take a chance hey, of going man, to hell. That game don't. That game don't mean nothing <laughs> to me. I'm in heaven. I'm gonna always be happy. <laughs> Exactly. I can tell by that question, Tamone, that you are bad at making decisions. What would you, you do, Tamone? What would you do? With that question. No, you know, you know, some people be like, ball is life, you know? They lose that one basketball game. Like, say, for instance, on earth, you run one of every basketball game ever, <laughs> and you go to heaven and Jesus is cheating. And, and whenever, whenever <laughs> you do something wrong, the, the ref call it a foul. Jesus do something... I'm talking about he he doing everything, running you over, um, every file in the book That's he's just right. doing. He uh he traveling, he ain't even dribbling, he traveling. You ain't gonna say nothing. You ain't gonna say that home court advantage. His daddy is watching you. You do something, of course he's gonna call you out. You gonna, really? No, no. Four decision skills on your end. I would not. I would let him. He hit me all that. I will sit down on the bench. Please, he wins. Not doing anything. Nah, cause you you know you in heaven. He gonna hit you in the face and like knock you over. You got black eyes and the heel right away. Man, it's like it hurts and it don't hurt. Man, what do you keep doing this to me? For? I wouldn't say that. I'd be like, good job. <laughs> I'm like in your name. All right. So here's the last question. Um, where can people find you out? All right. Um, so social media. First, I want to start with the good old YouTube. So if you go to YouTube, search me for my channel is again Head H E A D Banga B A N G A Visuals V I S U A L S. 
Headbanger Visuals on YouTube. You can find my channel. I have over 400 music videos on the channel. Uh, IG, you can find me at Headbanger, H-E-A-D-B-A-N-G-A underscore E-N-T. All right. And on Facebook, you can just find me as Kevin Robinson. So K-E-V-I-N-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N, short tape. So Kevin Robinson, short tape. Uh, if you look me up on Facebook as well, man. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Reach out to me. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being a guest on the podcast. Really appreciated it. Um, love to have a longer session one day. Um, no doubt. Let's man, tell. Hey, let's get it, man. And thank you for having yeah, me. Man. I enjoyed it. It was a pleasure, man. I had a good time. I enjoyed myself, man. Uh, let's get it, man. Let's keep pushing. Indeed. Peace, peace to everybody. Yes, sir. Peace. Have a nice day, man. Later.